Hello and welcome to Super Respectable. My name is David Lewis in The Hague and my co-host in Vancouver is Toshio Rahman. How are you? I'm good, Dave. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Excited to have a guest on the show today after a long hiatus of no guests and just us uh, blabbering back and forth. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so we have our mutual friend, uh, Jesse Moon, uh, with us in Ottawa. Jesse, how's it going? Hey, how are you guys? Good. Jesse, it's so good to see you. Dave, you should give some background on how we all know each other. I mean, you've known Jesse for a long, long time. I met in college, but we all, uh, we all went to university together, <laughs> like yeah. 10 millennia ago, right? Yeah, a long time. Well, I know Jesse from a long, long time ago. Uh, we grew up together in the same neighborhood, um, oh, really? just about a block away from each other. So we did um, pretty much all our schooling together. Um, and then when he went off to Ottawa U for engineering, and then I went to Carleton for political science, where I encountered you. <laughs> and uh, that's where you met Jesse. I guess you came over to our place a few times. I don't yeah. know when the first interaction happened. I mean, I, Jesse, I got to know you because I lived with another mutual friend of yours, uh, Josh, right? I was his roommate oh, for a while. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then, so, <laughs> and then I lived with Dave, right? I think that's when I got to know you. And then I moved in with Josh. And then, uh, and then we all kind of just hung out with one another and go to each other's apartments for a while. And then I think the last time I saw you, though, you, Dave, and Steve were living in Chinatown. That's right? a good apartment. I, yeah. I love that apartment. <laughs> yeah. We had a great view over the park. Uh, good location. Yeah. Nice part of Ottawa. So uh, the first thing with Jesse is what's up with Dave's hair? Have you, you've known him for so long. Have you ever seen <laughs> Dave's hair this crazy? <laughs> no. And we, it's so funny. We did like a, like, like the, like a zoom call with Dave, not that long ago with my daughter who's yeah. four. Cause she was asking about, I was trying to explain that Dave was in a different time. She wanted to know what, like, if it was nighttime where Dave was. Yeah. And so I said, oh, are you free? And so we called, we called Dave. And that was my first reaction. It was like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah, hair, well. It looks great. Nice, uh, nice flow. Yeah, it's quite a, a disastrous flow at the back. But uh, getting a haircut on Friday, I'm excited to announce after um, like three or four months of no barbers and hairdressers being open in the Netherlands, they've reopened this week. So mm -hmm. I made sure to get a booking. Like, Dave, this feels like this is what your hair should have looked like when we were playing hockey as kids because you could have had the hair flowing out of the back of the helmet. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I feel like it should be a lot longer after a year of uh, no cutting, but it's pretty good. I like it. That's great. Je so, Jesse, you, the uh, 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 first question out of the bat, how has, because like, you've got two little kids, Dave told me, right? And uh, uh, um, yeah. how's the last year been for you as, as a dad <laughs> with COVID? Like, how have you guys been coping? It was, um, it was, uh, yeah, it's been a bit interesting. So like a year ago we had our second daughter. Um, so our, yeah, thanks. Uh, in January, we moved at almost the exact same time. Um, so about two months into having two kids, uh, went into like full lockdown. So it was like really nice that my wife, um, really lucky for our family that my wife, uh, uh had uh, planned to take a maternity leave, uh, yeah. for a full, for a full year. So, so that's like, you know, super nice for us that we were able to do that. Um, um, 
but having two kids at home all day every day, you can't really go anywhere and can't do none of the normal stuff you normally do with kids. Yeah. Uh, made it quite challenging. Uh, it's very exhausting for her. Um, uh, and I try to help out as much as I can uh, as getting used to the new working world. Uh, I had a lot of like little kids pressed up against the, the, the door of my office, which I have like little, I have, it's very nice. I have a nice little office and I've got little French doors here. Very but nice. often, often, often their little faces were pressed <laughs> up against the windows you know, asking what, what I was doing, what I was up to. Um, but like, uh, yes, yeah, so it's definitely been challenging, but it's also been really interesting Tosh in the sense that like my first daughter, uh, I went to work every day that, you know, that she was uh, for the first year of her life, essentially, yeah. other than the couple of weeks I took off as like Pat leave. But with, uh, with our second daughter, uh, you know, she was, I saw her every single day, almost all day. Yeah. Uh, not that I didn't see my first daughter every day, <laughs> she was, but, but it's just like yeah. all day, every day, you know, it's yeah, like daytime hours. hours. Yeah. yeah. Daytime hours, you poke out, you say hi at lunch or whatever. So we've been, uh, it was definitely challenging. Uh, yeah. They're both in daycare now, which is uh, providing nice and nice quiet, more, much more quiet day-to-day uh, activities around our house. Wow. And ha- has it been like you've been working for you and your wife? Have, oh, I guess your wife was on Metley, but you've been working from home for the last year? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, full, full time. And, and it's like, you know, at first, at first, I think it was kind of like, you know, everyone was just kind of like figuring out how to get used to it. And it's a little bit crazy and everyone's a bit sympathetic. And, and then I think at some point in the summer, it's shifted to like, all right, this is the new normal. And yeah. we still have to get all the stuff done that we said we were going to get done this year. So let's get on it. Yeah. And I would say since the summer, it's probably been uh, super busy. And I find that I work a lot more than I did before because wow. my office is now just 10 steps from my kitchen. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. the awkward thing is um, people seem to be working a lot longer hours because the commuting time is gone, but it somehow evaporates and you're just like straight into it. And uh, there's no separation between the work and home life, obviously. So it just doesn't end. Everyone's there stuck in front of their computers. Yeah, fun times. But uh, let's get to the main topic at hand. What I wanted to uh, pick uh, Mr. Jesse Moon's brain about today was um, MBA. So I think we're all in different phases of MBA uh, world. Jesse um, did the MBA full-time at Ottawa U at the Telfer School of Business, not Teffler. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Name right. Uh, but that's probably a few years back now. When did you graduate? Uh, in 2013. Oh, wow. It's been like a decade. You, Oh, like, like I mean, almost like you. Okay. So you're like much earlier than us. Okay. You're smarter than we were. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, so uh, I'm currently doing an executive MBA. I think Tosh is in the process of considering, applying, considering. Yeah, well, I I got admitted to one, but I'm considering on whether I really should do it or not, or it's just something I'm doing because I'm bored. But Dave, you started what two weeks back, three weeks back? Uh, yeah, about a about a month now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, you are uh, you can provide us with some wisdom, Jesse, on your experiences with an MBA and if it's worth it <laughs> or not. But sorry, Dave, I digress from your questioning. Please, please. No, I I just want to uh, go back in time and just see like what uh, brought you around to the idea of doing an MBA because um, Jesse did a undergrad in mechanical engineering, if I'm not mistaken. 
and worked as an engineer for a number of years and then made the leap into uh, business school. So I wonder if you could talk us through what, uh, what was going through your thought process uh, back then. Yeah, so like the impetus was um, I had got to a point in my engineering career um, where I had started to do the same type of projects again. And I got, I thought I was getting a little bit bored, you know, where I was kind of like, okay, I can kind of like understand then what the next five, 10 years might look like. Uh, and I'm not a hundred percent sure I want to just keep doing these types of things. And so then I thought, okay, well, if uh, in my head, at least I had like three, three, three paths, you know, one being, okay, do I go to another similar type of company and, and try to do, you know, the same type of engineering, but in a different environment, do I go to a different field of engineering, but then you're kind of starting over again, or do I go a slightly different path and try to get into more of a management stream? And uh, my, like uh, growing up, my, my parents aren't in business. Um, there was no like business talk around the house. Uh, in an engineering degree, it's uh, very technical. Um, so I had like almost no exposure to like the profession of management. And so in my mind, I thought, well, if I, if I want to progress my career into uh, more of a management area, I figured I needed to understand that piece a little bit better. And, you know, there's different paths to that. You don't have to go back to school. You can do that naturally through a, through a, you know, experiential learning on a, on a job or through a formal program through a company. Um, uh, but the option that seemed logical to me was to go uh, back to school and, uh, and do an MBA. And so that was kind of, that was my thinking. Cool. And um, do you remember like what the application process was like? You had to do a GMAT, right? Or GRE. Yeah, exactly. So uh, let me think the, the application, I think it was a little bit, I think it was a little bit different than, than what it is now. Um, but yeah, you had to do a GMAT and then there was like a, which was like a two part test. I think now maybe three part test, but it was a two part test. Um, and you know, where half is like math mm. and then the other half is like grammar essentially. And so like, I obviously like did super well on the math part. That was so easy. And then like the, the, the grammar part was much more difficult for me. Um, Cause again, you know, in an engineering degree you spend all your time doing math. You don't spend your time totally. learning how to write well, <laughs> which is, which is still something I'm, I'm, I'm trying to learn. Um, and I, and I had decided like, it wasn't like, I thought like a year in advance, Oh, we need to go do an MBA. I was kind of like the company I was working for had been acquired and I could see that there might be some changes on the horizon. I thought, all right, now it's time to make a change. So I like registered for a, the GMAT like a month or something after and got a study book and, and then wrote it. Um, and then, yeah, I think I applied to three different, three different business schools um, and then uh, ultimately decided to, to, to go to the Ottawa U because I live in Ottawa and my, my wife is in Ottawa and, we're, you know, we had a house in Ottawa and it, it just made sense to, to do that. It, it's, it's so funny you say that because uh, I was actually talking to Dave yesterday and for us, it's the opposite. So grammar, no problem, right? Because we're art students, but the math for us is like, what? Because <laughs> I haven't done math since I was like 16 years old, right? Like I didn't have to. So the opposite. 
I relate a hundred percent to the notion of just like, even the grammar stuff where it's like, maybe had I written it right after my undergrad, at yeah. least I would have had the like high school yeah. <laughs> memories still working around how, how, how proper grammar works. Uh, but even then I did it like five or six years after finishing university. So it would have been like a full decade after finishing high school. Totally. Uh, so yeah, you guys are like, I don't know, a couple decades out from, from doing, from doing real math. So yeah, that was part of my selection criteria. I was I was really put off by the idea of having to study before studying. Yeah, <laughs> um, I just don't like the concept of of the GMAT and all that. But thankfully, for uh, a lot of the executive MBA programs, that's not uh, a big factor. They look yeah. more at the work experience and whatnot. So yeah, saved by that. <laughs> so, okay, so Jesse, so you 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 take the test, you get into uh, auto, out of the three unis that you applied for, did you get into all three or did you have to consider or was it uh, two or like, uh, so you, uh, what was the decision? How many did you have in front of you? I'm, I'm relatively confident that I got into the three that I applied to, which were all Canadian schools. Okay. I didn't apply, like, had I got like a super crazy high GMAT score, maybe I would have looked at, at like an, uh, you know, uh, one of the prestigious uh, global, global business schools. Yeah, but yeah. I, but I Wharton or Harvard, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, plus those are like, like from a, like A, it's, it's like not even a real discussion because I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't apply my score, it wouldn't have been high enough, but like, oh my goodness, those schools are super expensive. Super like the, expensive. Yeah. The, but they have all sorts of, all sorts of interesting ROI analysis yeah. done on, on like why it's, why it is worth it to pay it to go to those schools. So, uh, but yeah, so it, it really though, for me, it was like a, a lifestyle thing that it just yeah. made the most sense to, to stay at home. Yeah. And, and then tell us about your experience at Ottawa U. Like, was it a good decision? How were classes? Like, yeah, uh, everything you say is recorded and will be sent to Ottawa U afterwards. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just joking. like, what's like, how was it going to class? Did you do it full time or part time? Yeah, so I did it full time. So okay. I like quit my job and went back wow. to school, uh, went back to school full time, which is a, a decision in, in and of itself. Um, I totally get the, the part time thing. Um, it's not, I would say it's not, it's not easy either way, right? It's like you just immerse yourself completely uh, with school or you're immersed completely in work and then school yeah. and your career has to be has to adapt to, to the, the, the necessary time that you'd have to put into it um i would say my experience at at ottawa u was uh was very positive i enjoyed uh my classmates um a lot of them are doing uh interesting things uh now uh, i definitely learned a lot from uh from them um that i enjoyed you know a large number of my professors. Um, uh, I think there's a lot of valuable learning there. I think, you know, from my perspective, you know, I, I, you know, what I would say the cor the courses are similar to what I would imagine a business undergrad being in terms of of um, the breadth of things that you're learning, and then it's just taken up a level and then like condensed. So for me, it was like it's a lot of brand new learning. So I wasn't like familiar with, with the, you know, organizational behavior and financial accounting and economics. Uh, yeah. These are just not things that I took in an engineering uh, undergrad. So it was a lot of brand new learning from my perspective. Um, 
I think there's like a balance at RVU between, at the time at least, right, between like, uh, you know, case-based classes um, and like, I don't know, just straight learning, um, which I think, I think both have their, their pros and cons. Um, and then a lot of like, uh, you know, kind of major group projects. Yeah. And, uh, how did you find, like, did you find the engineering degree harder than business school or is it hard to compare the two? Uh, I would say the way I think about it, maybe I remember thinking about it was that like the MBA was just like a lot of stuff. Yeah. Whereas that wasn't necessarily like hard. Um, whereas engineering was, was the opposite. I think it was, it was harder. Just hard. <laughs> it was just hard, but you know, I don't know. Once you solve the problem, you solve the problem and you were like, all right. I... Did you, uh, sorry, Dave, go ahead. I, mean, I was going to say, did, in retrospect, do you feel though you could have done that MBA if you were working as well or do, making, taking time off, like, like leaving your job and doing it full time was the right decision? If that, if that opportunity had presented yourself to do it while working. Uh, it's a great question. Um, Thank you. Tosh. Uh, <laughs> um, like, could I have done it? Yeah. Um, I think it's all about who you are as a person and like, how is your ability to, um, how good are you at context switching? Yeah. So I think I'm a poor context switcher. <laughs> so I think that's a good term. One, <laughs> I think going back to school full-time was the right decision for me personally, because it just allowed me to fully immerse myself. Yeah. Um, I think I would have found it. I think I would have found it more challenging to like get home and then or, yeah, yeah, get home from work. Yeah. And go into like steady mode and go to family school mode. brain. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to do your work. It's so, I mean, I'm in a different situation. I mean, I'm running my own uh, thing now, but people who are in like set hour jobs of, you know, be at your desk nine to five or six o'clock, then have dinner, then start studying. I, I really don't know how they do it because I, I'm able to sort of be a bit more flexible with my time and organize it uh, as I see fit. But I, I find it so hard to do that uh, context uh, switching um it's it's just as you said it's a real um shock to the brain to try and change tracks i think uh like that seems to be a very major problem among higher learning at a older age regardless of field right i mean like when you're in your 20s or you're in university pretty much your only focus is like school and you might get to have a part-time job but say example for example you want to come back to school in your mid-30s like we are or our 40s more likely have a job, which you cannot leave. You have a family, obviously, which you cannot leave, right? Like, so like, I don't know how people juggle it. It's just crazy, Dave. I mean, like you, you must speak to this, like in your EMBA, you must have people who are older than you who have tons of responsibility and that this is just one more responsibility they're dealing with, yeah? Yeah, I, I guess uh, um, maybe COVID kind of changes it since they're sure. at their computer and they can be uh, also be a bit flexible yeah. <laughs> in switching. Yeah. There's not the same level of monitoring going on yeah. and uh, it's all desk-based right now. Yeah. Um, but for sure, it's, it's, a, it's a real challenge uh, for some people who are in quite senior roles. Yeah. Um, I don't know how they do it. Jesse, do you think you'd ever go back to school to do a doctorate or another degree or anything like that? Or you've kind of maxed out on your <laughs> education interests? 
<laughs> so like my gut reaction is like never again. no <laughs> but but I also thought that after I did my engineering degree I didn't uh-huh. think that going I didn't have an you know I thought oh yeah I'm gonna again go out and start working and that'll be it but yeah um but like then like you know lo and behold that was like five years after finishing or I was like I'm out I'm, I'm going I'm doing a full and so it's kind of like uh, you know I think I would be more likely to switch careers next rather than go back to school for something uh, would be like my thinking on like a, a major shift. I think the other thing too, is like doing, doing a PhD in an MBA are not comparable. Like a yeah. PhD is just like an insane amount more work and dedication. Uh, in my personal observation, I obviously have not done a PhD, so I can't do that one-to-one, but like in the people that I see that have them, it's, it's, uh, it's another level. It's insane. Yeah. Stick to the certificates or some other sort of <laughs> credential like that. Um, so in your in your cohort, um, so you said you had five years of work experience. So was the age range kind of comparable to that? Are people who did some people go like straight out of undergrad and into an MBA? Is that a thing? Or uh, it it is a thing. At at Ottawa, you had to have a certain amount of work experience. Mm. Uh, the only there was a caveat though. For there was an exchange program um, uh, with the school in France. So there were uh, two women who uh, who did not have work experience who who came to do the MBA. And then also, if you were doing the joint um, JD MBA, so the Juris Doctor and and the MBA, so some of those people also didn't have uh, work experience, but not all of them. There was I think five people in my cohort who were doing the JD MBA. And I think a couple of them had work experience already. Um, and so I would say like the age range at the time, the, the median was like 28. Yeah, okay. um, that sounds about right for a full-time program. Yeah. So you and, were- And that's full-time, right? Yeah. And, and so the, part-time were, was, the part-time was older. You were what, you're 26, 27? When you when you started yours, a little younger than yeah, you I think I was I think I was exactly at 27, 28, somewhere in there. Wow, that's crazy. And what is it? What's it like being in like a classroom with people, for example, who are a decade older than you, or or you know in their mid forties, or people who have extensive amount of experiences? Do you find that you can see them as colleagues, or it's just like that old guy? <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like this is like when I was in college, like everyone was my age in my in 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 our classes, right? But and an MBA, I'm sure you get a whole diverse range of ages and backgrounds and people. Were you able to relate? Oh yeah, I, I thought it was. I thought it was great. Right, people just have um, people have very different perspectives and bring a different view. And I think you know, if you're going into an MBA, you have to be understanding that like there's people. There's going to be people from likely from all over the world that oh. you're going to be in this program with you age ranges, work experience. And, uh, and that's part of the, the enjoyment of it is, is, is learning from all these other people and understanding what their perspective is and um, expanding your own view and how you approach problem solving, yeah. you know, um, and not just that, right. Everyone has different personalities and ways of learning. So um, I, I would, I would attribute going and doing an MBA much more to like being in a work environment as opposed to like 
doing your undergrad. You know what I mean? It's like, from my perspective, at least it was like going to work in terms of like your interaction with colleagues as opposed, as opposed to like, you know, hanging out with your buds in the back of the class. <laughs> so I was going to ask, it's a good point and a good lead into um, the group work. So that's a big component of MBA studies, which I'm quickly finding out. Um, and it's always a challenge to try and figure out like what are people's different working styles and how are we going to like deliver a final product? Um, I'm just wondering what are, uh, I'm going to take notes here. What are the best practices that you, you learned from doing <laughs> group work in an MBA? Um, it might sound kind of hokey, but like, um, have you guys done like a personality test is personality test the right word like a yeah 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 uh, i know it's got like it's the awcf or C, like like the there's a name for yeah, it right you, they assign letters to your different traits right so there's all sorts of different ones myers-briggs is the type Psych of psychopath another option um <laughs> and so i think those are important to do because then you understand how your colleagues work and, yeah. and better you understand how you work. Yeah. Um, so like an example from my perspective that I thought was interesting was like, uh, which is very, very well captured was that I like jump into problems often before like coming up with a full plan. Yeah. I like to like immerse myself and then like come out and then like build a plan and then kind of go back for it a little bit iterative. Whereas like everyone else in my group hate, hate it, hates that. And they like, <laughs> like build a nice detailed Come back, Jesse. And then, yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, uh, so that was like a, that, that was definitely a useful thing. It's just understanding how, how your new colleagues, how your new team works and kind of like what their personality is and how they go about approaching work. Well, you said that like you're, uh, when you were talking about how you like jumping into things, I think that's a very engineering mindset, right? You like to dive into the problem as soon as possible, learn on the go, get it fixed. Cause I remember in first year university, I lived in the dorms and the guys next to me were engineers. And like, they were big. First of all, I don't think they ever slept. Like, I don't know how they survived the first year, but these guys were playing video games and drinking Coca-Cola like all day, all night. But uh, that was the thing I realized was that they were very, very like, whenever there was an issue or something, they needed to jump in and fix it as soon as possible. And whereas some other people were a little bit more strategic and really thinking it out, I noticed engineers are very kind of proactive in that sense. But uh, Dave, like, what was your experience? Because we were political science uh, major I'm trying to like do it so I like touch you <laughs> like on the thing and we were trying to political science majors I didn't really have a lot of group work in university there was like three four times and I hated it I absolutely hated working with other people no control and laziness and slow I think Dave was my partner one time too so that worked out pretty well <laughs> yeah um, yeah I think I think it, we only had it in maybe the final year the class sizes were just too big in the first and second year like first year there's like 200 people in our economics and political science 101 class. So, yeah. uh, no, it's a lot more manageable in this MBA. The, the cohort is like a hundred people and they split us in half and then they do um, the curriculum half and half. So they're not teaching a hundred people at once. Yeah. And then, then you're split into groups um, for per semester and they kind of change it up a bit. So yeah, it's a bit of a shock to the system, you know, from my learning style, but it's, it's good. It's all part of the, the experience, right? 
Jesse, did you find that like the group work and the leadership kind of stuff in MBA in the MBA kind of helps with your job? You have yet to implement rather than the actual core curriculum stuff, but the organizational stuff, the group stuff, the leadership stuff. Is that applicable in your current job or subsequent jobs after your MBA? Uh, yeah. So, like, if I think about the, the like the content of the MBA um, at RU, you know, there's kind of like a core set of courses you take oh. and, then, and then you can kind of tailor your your uh your degree a, a little bit depending on what your interests are but i would say like the, the, the core courses set you up really well to move into uh management consulting um which was uh not a goal of mine yeah at all yeah which is funny because that is what i've been doing as a career <laughs> since I completed my MBA. Yeah. Um, um, uh, so your question though was, was about like, does do the leadership components of the MBA translate? Yeah. And, and I would say like to a certain to a certain degree. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's good that they like take those things and and try to help provide you coaching and things like that. Right. Um, but I would say those particular that particular skill set in my personal experience, um, you learn a lot more from just ex- from experiential learning as opposed to classroom, as opposed to classroom learning. You know, like the you know watching good leaders and working you know for good leaders uh, or working for bad leaders. Yeah. That's how you learn. Also, from learn my perspective. Things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what what what? what works but not to do. Doesn't. Do you, do you think that, um, you, you know, you started, I think, one or two companies after the MBA. Do you think you would have had the same kind of confidence or entrepreneurial spirit to do that uh, without the MBA? Or what, what do you think? Um, the MBA helped in terms of providing a framework. So again, kind of like thinking back to what me as maybe the engineer side of me needs is to understand, uh, understand, understand the framework a little bit better before. Um, and, um, you know, uh, some of the courses that I tailored my, my MBA towards were a little bit on the entrepreneur side of things. So you kind of understand then a little bit more about how to go about approaching those types of those types of problems. But again, yeah, it probably gave me the confidence to go and do it, but you quickly realize that, you know, a lot of that gets a lot of get, a lot of that gets thrown out when you're really trying to start a business. That's the thing is like uh, there's this debate I kind of had where I said, I don't need an MBA. I started like psyching myself up with all these YouTube videos of people who, you know, dropped out of business school or never went to business school and they started big companies, then I just kind of felt that I had to scratch that itch of, uh, I want to learn about like the basics of finance and accounting and just the marketing fundamentals. I don't care about people who say, you know, an MBA is you know, just a standard stamp these days. I think it, it still has like a lot of value despite, you know, I don't know if you saw Elon Musk's, uh, interview with I think it was the Wall Street Journal where he's like there's too many MBAs in in uh, corporate America um, I don't know what your take is on that he said there's too many people like working 
on meetings and PowerPoints and spreadsheets and not enough people doing like product work and making great products. Do you think he has a point there? Um, I think that that is, to me, those two things don't seem correlated. Like, you know, like um, doing an MBA and, and, and then building PowerPoints just just don't don't seem like a great don't seem like a great correlation. I I, I can under I to some degree I understand the mentality because I think that there is um, there's somehow a notion I believe in corporate America maybe around um, around someone with an MBA having some sort of like or them perceiving themselves as having some sort of business superpower right which is like not the case. And, and uh, in, in my mind was not the reason that I, that I went back to school. It, it's what you were articulating, Dave, in terms of like trying to, trying to understand like the profession of management and what that entails and getting like at least a, um, you know, mile wide inch deep education on that piece knowing full well that that doesn't make me an expert in any particular category. So sure. should people be spending more time doing uh, at, and, and less time, you know, on the administrative side of, of any endeavor? Um, maybe that depends on the business. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think it's kind of easy to pick on MBAs, um, but having, done three or four weeks of an MBA so far I think it's a pretty already a very valuable um, learning experience and I can definitely see the the importance and value of just you know always learning and studying I know you can there's so much out there these days you can teach yourself but having the structure and the framework uh, of an academic environment is also very helpful and having the the colleagues and classmates to uh, you know work alongside is is something you just wouldn't get from you know teaching yourself so, Dave, how, yeah. how long has it been since your master's, uh, since you finished your master's? Uh, yeah, pretty much 10 years. So I was kind of like, yeah, do I need to do more schooling? Um, but life is long and I think you shouldn't just stop uh, learning uh, with, you know, the set framework that you're told to do is, you know, go to university, get a job and that's it. That's your course for life. I think it's important to like keep, uh, you know, stimulating yourself. And uh, I think it was the right time. Um, COVID is kind of a special case. I, I think I needed something to keep me uh, from going insane. And so an MBA definitely helped give a bit more. Um, so Jesse, so what do you do now? Like what's the, what's the current gig that you've got going? Okay, so um, I, as of this morning, uh, I now work for Accenture, Okay. which is a, global management consulting uh, company. Okay. Um, prior, prior to that, I worked for a company called Avani. So we're an, an Ottawa-based uh, management consulting firm, uh, largely focused on the public sector uh, as clients here in Ottawa. Okay. And, la and in October timeframe of 2020, uh, Accenture acquired Avani. Oh, okay. Um, and so now I'm, I know I'm fully part of, uh, part of the Accenture team. So do you do engineering stuff anymore or no? Have you shifted more towards management or it's got a little bit of both? No, eh? 
there's no component of engineering in in the work that I do. No, it's oh. all related to it's all related to uh, strategy, um, project. We got a major project delivery. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, how did you come across Avani? Was it through MBA network? It was through a, a mutual contact. So someone knew that I had just finished my MBA um, and introduced me to, at the time, the found the four founding partners of the firm. Um, um, we sat down. We had uh, we had coffee, which was kind of an interview, um, and then I ended up getting uh, getting a letter of offer and was hired by that company. Wow! So it was it wasn't through like the official MBA network, but it was because someone knew that I was doing this. Thought it was worthwhile that I was connected with these guys. Yes, I was curious actually. Uh, your MBA network, what they're up to these days. Are you still in touch with a lot of them? Uh, are they in Ottawa or have they? It's a mix of things, I guess. What's the situation? Yeah. Um, so, like one of my colleagues um, from my MBA works for uh, works for the uh, for the University of of Ottawa now. Okay. Um, both as a professor as well as uh, you know, um, I think in their professional learning uh, area. Um, Another one of my, a number of colleagues work in kind of management consulting fields uh, um, globally. Um, and, and then a number of people also seem to work for uh, Canadian banks. Oh, interesting. Th those, those kind of seem to be the, 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 the two main areas seem to be kind of in kind of consulting organizations all seemingly all around the world. And then, um, and then the Canadian banks, those seem to be the, the two major. Um, you, made, you made light of something a little earlier ago. I mean, you're in Ottawa, which for our listeners is the capital city of Canada. So did you find that uh, some of your colleagues or some of the stuff you were learning or the organizations you were attached to with, uh, or the MBA was attached with, was, was very um, government agency based as well because of the strategic location of that? Or uh, like if I did an MBA at, uh, at Harvard, for example, or at the University of Calgary, which are equivalents, right? And uh, I'm joking there. <laughs> which, but but uh, uh, but we always try to uh, insult and isolate one person on our podcast each episode. There's so one sponsor per episode, so it's University of Calgary. <laughs> this <Yeah. one. laughs> but did you find that being in Ottawa was a very different experience? I know there's nothing to compare it to because you didn't do two MBAs, but was it very government agency focused or public sector focused? I don't think so. No. Um, I, I don't think so. Almost not at all. Um, oh, okay. Interesting. It, it, um, I think it, it just looks at the business, the business of, of, of being a business of management. Yeah. Right. And, um, and I think that that is actually a really important thing is that, um, whether you're doing that in the private sector or the public sector, right. the, the general principles should remain relatively similar. Of course, there are different approaches and there are different considerations and the public sector organizations are not uh, revenue generating organizations, um, uh, but good management is kind of good management. Wow. Um, and I would okay. say that like the, the, 
there, there is some, um, there's, there, there was a lot of focus actually on, on industry. People came to give us talks. We went a lot of places. There was a, uh, a trip, there was a European trip that we took where we went to visit a whole bunch of organizations uh, in Europe to understand what they're, what they're doing. Yeah. Um, uh, so no, but, but everything I learned in that MBA has been uh, almost one-to-one applicable to providing uh, professional services in the management consulting space into the federal public sector in Ottawa. Huh. It's interesting because we all studied in Ottawa and uh, two-thirds of us grew up in Ottawa. Um, that uh, I always feel like there's two tiers in the, in the city where, you know, we did political science tosh and we were exposed almost entirely to the, like the government side of things, the politics yeah. aspect. But I, I knew in the back of my mind, Ottawa has a tech scene. There's this big tech sector in Ottawa. They call it Silicon Valley North. Yeah. It was just like totally uh, separate from my existence, had no exposure to it really. Um, and I guess it would take something like a business school or uh, something drastic to get me in, into into that, into that world, like to really start making like active networking uh, inroads. But it's just interesting how um, you know Jesse's uh, been able to. I, he's I guess now straddle both worlds. He's he started off in the tech sector, uh, yeah. doing engineering work, and then moved into more uh, government related side of things. So it's it's cool that you've got uh, both sides of of our beautiful uh, capital city. Uh, uh, Jesse, do you know, uh, Dave talks about how he used to play football or soccer with the Shopify guys. Do you know them as well? I don't know them like Dave knows them. I know uh, I was exposed uh, to uh, to Harley, uh, Harley Finkelstein, yeah. because he had done his MBA also at Ottawa U. Okay. And so uh, early, so through our MBA, we, we went over to Shopify when, and this would have been in 2012. So pretty uh, early, early uh, Shopify years um, to see what they were up to and learn about what they were doing as, a, as an organization. Yeah. Yeah. That one really hurts my brain. I mean, uh, <laughs> I played, I wouldn't say I knew all the Shopify guys. I, I, I played with uh, one of the co-founders uh, for a number of years on, on the same team. And I thought nothing of it. I just asked, what, what do you do? And he said, oh, I work for a tech company, uh, Shopify. And I thought, okay, that's cool. And then I go and leave Canada and I see, I check the Globe and Mail and they're on the front page uh, pressing the New York Stock Exchange uh, buzzer at the bell. Yeah. And I thought I, I, I should have maybe been keeping a bit more tabs on the situation there. Now, and, now uh, he owns his own football team pretty much. Right? Yeah, yeah. Now he owns the team, <laughs> which is not that hard. <laughs> That's yeah. so funny. So, uh, I know we don't have too much time left with Jesse. Jesse, my last question, I know Dave might have a couple more, but my one is like, what's the, the future holding for you from like a career aspirational point of view, uh, personal growth? Uh, I mean, do you think you'll ever start your own company or what are you planning? Or are you pretty happy and content where you are uh, with your job and background? Without yeah, diving into your deepest, darkest secrets. But, but, but I just meant like, uh, I, I don't mean specifics. I don't mean you to out anyone else, but like, will you do further education? Will you, uh, is there room for growth? Is there something, for example, when you made that transition from engineering to your MBA, you had mentioned that you were looking more in terms of the management stuff. I'm looking, uh, is there a place for like, what's the next, what's next for Jesse Moon is my question in a, in the most broadest of terms. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think I think the the acquisition. So uh, I think the timing was 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 interesting from my perspective for for my own personal growth for Accenture acquiring the company I had worked for because um, that's almost like changing jobs. Oh wow! Where okay. like we went from. I mean, my day to day in theory shouldn't shouldn't change a whole lot, but I went from like an eighty person, seventy eighty person company to a five hundred thousand person yeah. company globally. That's how big yeah. Accenture is. And in Canada, they're like, I'm actually not totally sure about how big they are in Canada, but probably a couple thousand. Yeah. And um, Accenture is like they do everything, everything yeah. and anything related to professional services. They're in that business. Um, and so all of a sudden there's, it opens up a whole new door of, of uh, like personal growth potential, learning and development potential, yeah. um, industry potential. Yeah. Um, you know, all of a sudden uh, the, the, my focus on public sector was because I, I live here and that's, the, that's what our companies uh previously our company's bread and butter is but now all of a sudden every industry every country in the world um except for a few is is where accenture does work so yeah. uh i have to spend some time now re-reflecting on what i want out of my career uh and what i don't want out of my career now that i'm part of a truly global uh organization uh, regardless of the type of business that it happens to be in. Um, there is always part of me that thinks about the world that I was, the, the tech world that I was in before was all about products. And right. so um, part of me has always been a little bit uh, sorry that I'm no longer in the product world. Um, uh, whereas now I'm totally immersed in, in services. Um, you know, I liked building a prototype and holding it in my hand. There's yeah. something very fun about that. And having an entire organization aligned around that product and, and delivering that product. Whereas services, you know, your company strategy is to make someone else more successful, um, which is always something that you kind of have to just, or I have to just think about a little bit differently. And the, and the products that you build aren't the same things that you're holding in your hand. Uh, it's a, it's a tool for them. It's a tool for someone else to use to help them in their, in their day-to-day or help them, you know, change the way they go about doing things. Wow. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, I've never worked for a management consultancy like Accenture, but I've, I've worked in consulting. And I guess the, the cool thing is that it gives you a window into so many different uh, sectors and industries, a very small window sometimes, but um, a window nonetheless. And I, I think that's one of the best things about working in, in consulting um, at that level is just uh, the exposure and breadth of uh, uh, people and, and experiences that you see. It's almost like doing another MBA in a way. <laughs> um, yeah. And, I, and I'm like, I'm excited now to like, you know, um, learn from a truly global a global team, you know, the, yeah. some of the work we do um, in Ottawa, there are uh, now, you know, Accenture will open up the like global window into like, here is some work that we're doing uh, in, a, in another continent in this space. Let's, let's bring those people over and have a conversation. 
awesome. Let's do that. And then, and then it's like a whole new set of learning and, and uh, you know, leading practices and, and learning from mistakes that you wouldn't, you wouldn't have access to. Um, so that, that part is kind of interesting. Um, it's amazing. It's all, but, all this change has happened from your house. It's in COVID times and you've just changed uh, into Accenture and it's all happening from your desktop. <laughs> I just find that uh, so surreal. Very. Yep, I definitely agree with that. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I guess we should uh, leave it there. Uh, thank you for giving us your lunch hour on this Monday, 1st of March, which is also St. David's Day. I have to give a shout out to my Welsh brethren. Um, but yeah, we really appreciate your, your time and uh, your insights from the NBA world and NBA life. So thanks, Jesse. Yeah, man. Thanks so Super much. Nice to catch up with you guys. Jesse, if you have any fans and people replied to us, we're going to forward all the mail, the thousands and thousands of emails to your email. So get ready for some, some replies. Can't wait. Huh. All right, you guys. Thanks for everyone. Dave, Jesse, see you guys later. Bye. Cheers. Bye.